Welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 192. We concluded uh, the book of Matthew yesterday, so we will continue on into the book of Mark starting today. And uh, let me just read, uh, I think this is interesting, uh, historical background of the book of Mark. It says, many Bible scholars believe Mark's gospel was written first, most likely during the A.D. 50s. It was used as a source by Matthew and Luke and when they wrote, uh, when they wrote their gospels. It seemed likely that Mark wrote primarily for a Gentile audience because he often explains Hebrew, Aramaic words, and Jewish customs. According to the early church traditions, Mark wrote in Rome. Therefore, his audience may have primarily been to the Gentile church. And so we see here, if in fact Mark wrote his book first, and if in fact Matthew and Luke sourced some of their writings from the book of Mark, it stands to reason, at least to me, that in the book of Matthew, there, uh, there can be some more details of some of the fa- same events that are covered in Matthew relative to the same events that are covered in Mark. And so um, what we will do as we go through the book of Mark is I am not going to, my purpose is not to repeat things that we've already covered in detail in the book of Matthew. So what I'll try to do is to point those things out that we've already covered. I will try to also reference chapter and verse in Matthew in which it was already covered and a word encounter episode in which those chapter and verses were already covered so that we can have a kind of complete circle with regards to our references and whatnot. And so with that, Let's get started in the book of Mark. And the title says, The Messiah's Herald. Verse 1, In the beginning, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in uh, Isaiah the prophet. Well, the first thing we notice here is that Mark does not cover Jesus' birth. See, Matthew does. Mark does not cover Jesus' birth. Mark starts off with Jesus as an adult getting ready to enter into his ministry. Okay? And so it says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. And so this is in Isaiah. Isaiah is prophesying the coming of John the the Baptist, right? So Isaiah is is prophesying that there's going to be a herald and he's going to come and he's going to announce the coming of the Messiah. And that would be John the Baptist. And so the scripture has been fulfilled or this prophecy has been fulfilled. In verse four, it says, John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River confessing their sins. And so we see here there's some detail here in Mark that is not in Matthew with regard to what John was doing before Jesus came to meet him in the wilderness. And so we see that John had somewhat of a, of, of a very well-renowned ministry with regard to people from Jerusalem and other surrounding cities going out to him in the wilderness to meet him in order to be baptized. And, and John was a wild man, right, because he wore camel, uh, camel hair garments and he, he uh, wore a leather belt and he, he ate locusts and wild honey. And so some might consider him kind of a, a crazy man, you know, but people were going out in the wilderness to be baptized by him. Verse seven, he proclaimed, this is John, one who is more powerful than I am is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. 
So John is saying somebody's coming and I am not worthy to untie his sandals, but he's coming out and he doesn't know this yet to be baptized by John. Right. And so what we have here is John saying, look, I've been called to do a certain thing, but I'm not really worthy of doing it. But that's what the Lord has called me to do. How many times have you felt or may have felt for those who have been in the kingdom of God that you have been called to do something, but that you think it is greater than you and there's no way you can accomplish it and therefore you don't even attempt to. You don't even allow yourself to think in that direction. That is often the case. Matter of fact, I think that is the Lord's normal operating procedure is to call on his children to do things that in and of and by themselves they are incapable of doing, they are unworthy to do, in order to make sure that the Lord gets the glory. See, because if we're capable of doing it, we have the skills and abilities and talents and whatnot, we'll take credit for it. right? But the Lord calls on those who are not able to do what he calls them to do. So if it's something greater than yourself, Odds are that is God calling on you. John says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of Jesus. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. As soon as he came out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open. He, as soon as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being ripped apart, ripped open. This is kind of violent imagery, right? I think um, as soon as he came up out of the water, it was a signal to the heavens, now is the time. And the doors ripped open, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. So we have uh, something peaceful like a dove, the symbolism of a dove, but the violent ripping open of the heavens for the dove to descend onto Jesus. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. In Matthew, it says, uh, in whom, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And so that sounds like uh, Jesus is being announced to those who are in attendance, right? In Mark's account, it says, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. This sounds like God the Father speaking directly to Jesus, as opposed to an announcement to the people that are around him. The temptation of Jesus. And so, uh, in the temptation of Jesus, in um, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we've already covered this. This is covered in Word Encounter episode number 179. And so go back and and watch or listen to that for the details here. Uh, You know, when, um, uh, you know, Jesus was tempted by Satan, by the enemy, right? And so it goes into details of how the enemy tempted uh, Jesus and offered him the world and offered him this. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days. And after it was completed, then he was tended to by the angels. Again, that detail is in Matthew chapter 4. In... um, The next section says ministry in Galilee in verse 14. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Uh, The time is fulfilled. So Jesus is saying what the Old Testament Testament prophets were prophesying about, 
The time is fulfilled. I am the fulfillment of the things they were prophesying about. And then he says, and the kingdom of God has come near. So there are four things, right? So the first thing is, is that the time is now. I am fulfilling these prophecies. The second thing is the kingdom of God has come near. The third thing is repent. And the fourth thing he says is believe the good news. So Jesus says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. See, that's kind of the, the, the message boiled down in a nutshell. See, recognize that you're a sinner saved by grace. Repent. Repent means turn from your wicked ways. Read means return. Pent means the top. You know, like that's where we get the word penthouse from. And so what this says, repent, is like return to the top. Return to the high place, says God. Return to the place that I have created you for. Repent. Repent isn't just saying I'm sorry. Repent is confessing and turning. See, so he says repent and then believe the gospel. Believe the good news. This word that I'm telling you, believe that my son is my son. Believe that Jesus is in fact the son of man and the son of God. The son of man in his humanity, the son of God in his divinity. He is both. Believe. The first disciples. We went over this in Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 through 21. Again, this is in episode 179 as well. Let's drop down here. It says, driving out an unclean spirit. They went into Capernaum, and right, right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. Just then a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue. He cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Nazareth? <laughs> have you come to destroy us? And this is what he says. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, isn't this interesting? Right. So here's this man comes in. He has unclean spirits, demons, in other words. And then he says, have you Jesus hasn't said anything to them. Right. Or to him. And he says, what do you have to do with us? These are the demons crying out. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. It's interesting that the demons knew who Jesus was. But the Pharisees didn't know who he was. Not all of them. Some of them did. <laughs> but the Pharisees didn't know who, or they didn't want to acknowledge who he was because of what he represented. But the demonic knew. Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions. So the unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions shouting out, uh, shouting with a loud voice and came out of him. So apparently this was like a violent thing where the guy's convulsing on the ground and then the demon comes out of him. And it says that everybody in, in attendance was amazed. It's like, what is this? <laughs> At once news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. His reputation started to grow and build and go forth. Healings at Capernaum. It says in verse 32, when evening came after the sun had set, they brought him and all who were sick and demon possessed. The whole town was assembled at the door and he healed many who were sick and uh, with various de uh, diseases and drove out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak 
because they knew him. See, a lot of times, you know, people who believe in the things of God, people who believe in Jesus, we give too much credit to the other side. We give too much credit to demonic spirits. We give too much credit to the enemy himself. This word here says right here that Jesus would not permit them to speak. In other words, apparently they had to have permission from Jesus to speak. To speak, Demons had to have permission from the Son of God to speak. It says, and he would not permit the demons uh, to speak because they knew him. If we don't know Jesus, then demons will have power over us. They will have the ability to manipulate us. But if we know Jesus, if we know who Jesus is, the word basically says that they have no power over you. Stop giving them so much credit. Preaching in Galilee. Mm. And this we see uh, a pattern of how Jesus prayed. Right? So he says, very early in the morning while, he was, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. And so a couple things there. Jesus got up early in the morning and he went into solitude. And that's where he prayed. That was his process. Now, nothing in the word that I've seen says we have to do things this way. But if Jesus did it this way, I got to pay attention. If he went to commune with the father early in the morning and by himself, then it would seem to me that that's something I need to take note of. And so then Jesus said to the disciples after you got through praying, let's go on uh, to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. This is why I have come. So Jesus is telling the, the disciples why he came. He came to preach the gospel to the territory. Now, that's not all he came to do, as we'll find out when we get into John. Okay. But he says here, that I have come, one of the primary reasons that I have come is so that I can preach the gospel, preach the good news. We're not gonna, we can't sit around and lay around here. I got to go to these villages because I've, I've come to do this. I've got to accomplish my mission. A man cleansed in verse 39. He went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Then a man with leprosy came to him uh, and on his knees begged him, if you are willing, you can, you can make me clean. Move with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing. Be made clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was made clean. In chapter 2, it says, the Son of Man forgives and heals. And we covered this in detail in Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 7 in episode one hundred. In 81. But there is a new detail here, so I'm going to go over this. It says, when he entered Capernaum again after some days, it was reported that he was left at home, or it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together uh, that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. 
and he was speaking the word to them. So Jesus apparently went home to relax, but everybody heard that he was there, so they converged on his house, even in the doorway. This place was crammed. It says, they came to him bringing a paralytic carrying, uh, carried by four of them. So the place was crammed, but I would assume a paralytic's friends or family, four of them were carrying him there. It says, since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, listen to this. They removed the roof above him, uh, I guess above Jesus. They removed the roof above him, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Now, these are some homies. These are some friends. These are some, some, some kin. These are some family, right? And so they heard about Jesus. We got a parallel, uh, you know, paralyzed brother here. We can't get through the crowd. We're going to take him up on the roof. We're going to go through the roof. We're going through the roof. And so they dropped him. And so it says in verse 5, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Right. And so some scribes and Pharisees were there. And of course, they went through all the machinations about who does this guy think he is? You know, does he think he's God and this, that and the other? You know, and so Jesus hears what they're saying. And then he tells them, you know, what, what, what is it? Is, is it easier to just to talk or, or shall I demonstrate something? So then he tells him in verse 11, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go. Immediately he got up, took the mat and went out in front of everyone. It says the call of Levi next, which is the call of Matthew. Matthew and Levi are the same person. And we went through that in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. This was in episode 181. And so where Jesus tells the Pharisees, you know, that he, um, uh, well, Matthew, after he called Matthew, then Matthew had uh, a dinner party basically with all of his tax collector friends. And they came in and there were sinners there as well. And so the Pharisees got indignant and they talking to the disciples, you know, why does your, you know, why does your teacher hang out with these people? And Jesus tells them, you know, I came for the sick, not the well, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, he, he disarmed them. And it says a question about fasting. And this is in Matthew chapter nine, verses 14 through 17, episode 181. And it says now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting People came to ask him, you know, uh, the disciples, you know, why? Yeah, people came, excuse me. People came to ask him, why do John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but your disciples do not? In other words, they witnessed John the Baptist's disciples fasting and the Pharisees' disciples, they they fast. But Jesus, your your, uh, disciples don't fast. Why? You know, and Jesus tells them basically... You know, people aren't sad when the bridegroom is with the bride. You know, the bride isn't sad, you know, the, the, but when the bridegroom leaves and the uh, bride will be mourning, then there will be fasting. And so he's telling them what will, well, you know, what will come about. And Jesus is always just disarming them with knowledge and wisdom. Right? The next section says, Lord of the Sabbath. And so we've heard this before in Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. This is episode 183. And so this is... Uh, uh, a case where uh, says on the Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. And so they're walking, they're picking some heads of grain to eat. And uh, the Pharisees uh, recognize this and they, they don't like it. They said, well, this is working on the Sabbath. Right? And so then Jesus schools them again. He says, what about David? Remember when he and his men were hungry and they ate bread uh, of his presence and only, um, only the priest could eat the bread of his presence, but they ate it because they were hungry. Then he tells them, you know, <laughs> that he's Lord of the Sabbath. And so he says their hearts were essentially wrong. And, um, and that was that. And so we go on to chapter three. Uh, 
in the chapter three, um, talks about the Sabbath uh, or healing a man, man with a shriveled hand, and he's healed on the Sabbath. And, um, and we covered this in Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 through 14, episode uh, 183. And so, uh, and, you know, Jesus tells him, which one of you wouldn't go get an animal of yours that fell into a ditch on the Sabbath and bring him out? And he's, he's saying, you know, and we're talking about people, you know, doing good on the Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath was made for man, you know, not man for the Sabbath. And so he's schooling them. He's educating them, you know, because they're sticking by the letter of the law without understanding why these things were in place, you know. And another detail that's not in Matthew, in verse 5, it says, after looking around at them with anger, this is Jesus, after looking around at them with anger, you know, when he's, uh, uh, when he's talking about, you know, healing this guy on the Sabbath, he's looking at them in anger, and he says he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts. And so this man didn't have use of his hand, and they were, you know, saying, you're working. If you heal him, you will be working on the Sabbath. <laughs> and so they were not understanding you know, what the situation was. So Jesus looked at him with anger. And told the man to stretch out his hand, and he healed the hand. And immediately they started to plot his death. It says, ministering to the multitude, in verse 7, it says, Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a large crowd followed, uh, followed from Galilee. And a large crowd followed from Judea and, you know, people from uh, the Jordan around Tyre and Sidon. And so a large crowd... The large crowd came to him because they heard about everything he was doing. So people from all over the place, from these various cities, were coming in because the reputation and the word of Jesus has spread. And so they're coming in. And it says, um, then he told uh, his disciples to have a small boat ready for him so that the crowd wouldn't crush him. Since he had healed many, all who had diseases were pressing towards him to touch him. It says in verse 11, whenever the unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. And so if, if you are so filled and so full with the presence of God, the demons will feel and sense that and they will fall in your presence. The problem is most of us, you know, aren't filled to that extent. You know, I want to be filled like that. I want to be filled so that my shadow, so that when I walk around and whatnot, the presence of the Lord will just uh, be felt by everybody in my sphere and who's, who's, who's around me. That, that should be tangible, right? The 12 apostles, it says, and we went over this in Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 15 in episode 182. And so um, uh, this is when Jesus uh, had commissioned uh, uh, the apostles and sent them out and told them what to do. A house divided is the next section. We went over this in Matthew chapter 12, verses 21 through 32 in episode 173, when it talks about uh, the things that Jesus was doing. The Pharisees was, were accusing him of doing things because he was a minion of the devil. You know, he was an agent of the devil. And so Jesus schools them again and, you know, telling them, you know, uh, how's the Bible, how, how can the devil work against the devil? You know, how can the devil do God's work in order to work against what the devil is trying to do? So he says, look, a house divided uh, against itself cannot stand. You know, what you're saying doesn't make any sense. So again, <laughs> he schools the uh, he schools the uh, he schools the Pharisees. You know, he said he says, you know, uh, how can Satan drive out Satan? <laughs> 
you know, this is what you guys are saying. You're saying I'm Satan and I'm driving out Satan. That doesn't make any sense. And then he tells them that, you know, if you if you grieve the Holy Spirit, that that sin is unforgivable. And, uh, you know, what that grievance of the Holy Spirit is, I'm not 100 percent sure. But I think it may have something to do with giving credit, giving the Holy Spirit's credit to the enemy, to demonic forces, things that God is doing and giving, you know, claiming that this is of the devil. True relationships is the next section. And we went over this in Matthew 12, um, chapter 12, verses 43, uh, 46 through 50. And this is in episode 183. And so when Jesus tells the people, you know, you know, they, they, the disciples came and said, your mother and brother are here. And he says, well, who are my mother and brother? You know, and Jesus is essentially saying, my mother and brother are those who, who are with me, who are, in, who are in my father's house. He says, here are my mother and brothers, pointing to the disciples, right? Whoever does the will of my God is my brother and my sister and my mother. <laughs> and with that, we are going to stop today, and we are going to pick it up in chapter 4 tomorrow. And uh, again, the message is near you, and it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. That message of the kingdom of God, as preached by Jesus, because that's why he came. And he came so that we might have the opportunity to choose salvation through him. For the word says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you sincerely believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It's very clear. You know, it's not a hard thing to do. But you got to believe. You got to sincerely believe. You just can't, it can't just be empty words. It's got to be a sincere belief and a sincere conviction. And with that, we are finished for today. Stay safe. Be blessed. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And God willing, we'll see you tomorrow in episode 190, whatever. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye.